2: You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey everyone and welcome to Unabridged. This is the latest book that you could not stop reading. Before we get started, I want to remind you that if you'd like to help the podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us a lot. It helps Promote our podcast in the feed and help other listeners to find our work. So, we would really appreciate that. Reviews are great. And if you write a review, we would be happy to share that here on the podcast. All right. Well, we are going to get started with our bookish check in. Ashley, what are you reading? So I just started this one. This
1: is Peter Heller's The River, and I have wanted to read this since it came out, and it's just been patiently waiting on my Kindle for quite a while, but I absolutely love Peter Heller. Jen actually introduced me to him early on in our friendship, and I read The Dog Stars of his. and absolutely loved it. I think that he is such an impactful writer. And he also has traces of his writing that echo books that I loved for a long time ago, like Cormac McCarthy is someone I really love. And I think a lot about Cormac McCarthy's work when I'm reading Peter Heller, even though they're quite different. And so I absolutely love Dog Stars, and then read the painter of his as well. And I think that with both of those, part of what I enjoy is the sparseness of the language and the situations. He's so good at setting up the place and the sense of place and also putting people in complicated situations where they have to make really hard choices. And I think in both of those books, you find yourself really rooting for these people who are doing things that objectively, you know, are bad, quote, you know, quote, unquote, bad things to do. And I think that's what I love is just seeing that exploration of the shades of gray, and the way that we can do the right thing, even if it seems like it's the wrong thing, or vice versa. There's a lot of that. So I've been wanting to get this to this one for a long time. And I've only read a little bit so far. But this is the story of Jack and Wynne. And they are in a canoe out (laughs) on a river and they are going on what they Planned to be just a really relaxing vacation, but they're totally off grid. So they don't have a satellite phone, they don't have any anything with them. So in the beginning, another thing with Heller's books, I realized I was insecure about talking about it because it takes a while to get yourself in what's happening. And that's true in his other two that I read as well. And so I'm I'm early on, so I feel like I'm not positive what's happening yet, but there is a fire. Far away that they can see and it is very far away which is you know for me being an outdoor person that is terrifying so like the fact that they can see it and it's so far away still suggests it is very large and of course fires move very fast so they know that there's this forest fire they are off grid and then they encounter just a couple of other people and they regret that they didn't warn them. But then when they go back to look for the people who had been fighting when they pass them, they can't find them. And so there's this, a sense of, there's kind of an ominous undertone of what's happening. And even though they're both pretty laid back and they're still feeling like they can continue on the river and they can keep going on their journey, there's also this sense that things are happening that they're not quite sure about and that that could Negatively impact them. And so it's that balance of you have that like warning bell in your head. There's that happening, and both of them are trying to kind of push that down so that they can just carry on. And so I'm really intrigued so far. I absolutely love his work, and I've been wanting to get to this one. So I don't have a lot to report yet, but I am interested in the characters, and I always love his settings and the connection between nature and people. I think all that's really interesting. So again, that's Peter Heller's The River. I'm so
2: excited that you're reading that. I love that book so much. Oh, my goodness.
0: I saw that on my TBR. I really want to read it. I just haven't gotten to it yet.
2: It's excellent. And he actually is publishing a sequel to that this fall. Oh. I can't remember what it's called, but I heard about it on What Should I Read Next? And so I immediately pre-ordered it because he is just, he's beyond auto-read. He is definitely auto-buy. I love yeah. to just have all of his books. I think he's excellent.
1: Yeah, I was glad I started it kind of not exactly accidentally, but it was one of those times where you're flipping through and I have wanted to read it forever. It wasn't on my TBR for this month. And then I just thought, I just want to start this. I wanted to start it. And so I'm glad to go ahead and take the plunge. And it was a good reminder too, that sometimes it's nice to get away from your planned reading and just read something you've wanted to
2: read. So definitely, definitely. Sarah, what are you reading?
0: Our book club
2: pick For June, last June was Laura Taylor
0: Namie's *A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow*. So I loved that this book so much, and thought it was a great YA book. And so I wanted to read more of Namie's work. So I picked up her first book, *The Library of Lost Things*. And while I didn't love it as much as *A Cuban Girl's Guide*, I did really enjoy it and I thought it was a great YA read and I think that the audience will love it. And so I'm giving myself away a little bit. I did just finish it, but I did want to talk about it since we we read A Cuban Girl's Guide, I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And this is a book about Darcy she lives with her mom in uh, an apartment and she never has friends over to her house and she really has to kind of parent her mom her mom had a traumatic life event and she was kind of pitched from being a collector into a hoarder so her apartment is filled with things and so it starts off and you know this pretty much from the beginning and the book is just about Darcy navigating this really complicated relationship with her mom, who she loves, but has she has almost become the parent in the relationship. And Darcy is this collector of books and of words. She knows so many things about about a wide range of literature, and she also like just loves words and their meanings. And that's kind of where the name of the book comes in. And she works in a bookstore, and she meets a boy, and it's. I mean, it's just, it's a really sweet, sweet story with a lot of heart about getting to that point where you're making all these life decisions and transitions, she's going to be graduating from high school and it's just about her navigating all these things with also having to deal with the fact that she is embarrassed of her home and she can't you know she doesn't want to bring anybody there and she has like there's a complicated issue with her father it's just about navigating life as a teenager when you have a lot of really difficult circumstances that are out of your control and so I, I thought it was really good that the love story was really sweet and I really enjoyed it. So if you are looking, and it's a quick read. So if you're looking for a quick YA romance with Extra, which I feel like also describes the Cuban Girl's Guide, you know, there's just more to the story than the romance, but it, it's just really sweet. So that is The Library of Lost Things by Laura Taylor Namey.
2: That sounds so good, Sarah. I really, I loved A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea Tomorrow as well. And so I would love to read more by Laura Taylor and Amy. So I'm definitely going to add this to my list. Well, I really
0: think too, if you're a book lover, all the allusions to different books and the way that Darcy loves books, it's just book lover to book lover type of experience when you're reading it. So I think that also adds, because I I love books about books. So Mm -hmm. I was I really wanted to read it and I, I was not disappointed. That sounds great.
1: I want to read her work as well. You know, I want to read that one. I just loved A Human Girl's Guide so much.
2: Yes. Jen, what are you reading? So thanks to Libro FM, I am listening to Tahereh Mafi's An Emotion of Great Delight. I love Mafi's work. So she wrote the Shatter Me series, which is a dystopian series she wrote A Very Large Expanse of Sea, which is historical YA. It takes place right after 9-11 and focuses on a Muslim girl. And this one is also historical YA. So this one takes place in 2003, right after the U.S. has declared war on Iraq. And it focuses on a character named Shadi, whose life she she is going through a lot. So... Her, in addition to facing racism at her school and prejudice at her school, her brother, her older brother, recently died. And in the aftermath, her family is falling apart. Shadi and her sister have never been close, but this has created even more of a wedge between them. Her father had a heart attack and has been in the hospital for months. And her mother is deeply depressed and refuses to seek help. And Shadi's one anchor was her best friend. And she was also really close with her family, including her brother Ali. And there was some sense that there was attraction there. But her best friend basically ended their friendship. And so her the one anchor that she had in all of this turmoil is now no longer there for her. And so I will say the beginning of this book is difficult because Shadi's life is very difficult. And Mafi makes us feel every moment of that. The narration is amazing. It's a great audiobook. And I just feel every moment of her pain. She's so desperate to do the right thing and to try to help her family and to try to hold it together and not to bother anyone. She's very desperate not to add to anyone else's burden, But then you see what a burden that is for this teenager to try to take on the burden of her family, but also to hide the fact that she is also struggling. So she hasn't told her family that her friendship has ended. She's still maintaining this facade that everything is continuing in her life just the way it was. But that then is deepening the wedge with her sister who feels as if she's the only one who is suffering because Shadi is so desperate to make it seem like everything is normal. I would say it's a character study, but it is a really compelling character study. I have not wanted to hit pause. I just want to keep listening, which, you know, in life is not always possible, but I have just not wanted to stop. And I just think Mafi, if you have not tried her work, I think she is an exceptional writer and she's one of these people. It's really interesting. She would be great for the unabridged reading challenge because she's one of those people who is navigating different genres. She also has some books for middle grade readers that I've not read, but they are definitely on my list. I know she writes fantasy, and I think she does all of this with just brilliant writing at the center of her world building and her storytelling and her character development. So that is Tahereh Mafi's An Emotion of Great Delight, which I would absolutely recommend thus far.
1: Man, I will be listening to that one very soon. I've wanted to dig into her work and I saw that and was excited to see it on Libra FM, but that just sounds phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I think you both would really, really love her books. And I think this would be a great entrance point. I think it, I think any of them are going to be compelling, but this, I think, would be a great place to start with her. So, All right. Well, we are going to transition now to our main segment, the latest book that you could not stop reading. And Sarah, I'm going to let you start. What's a book that you could not stop reading? I was trying to think this was actually more difficult than I
0: thought it was going to be because while I have read a lot of great books in the last year or two years, I was trying to think of a book that was, I think, like for the podcast, we read a lot of really deep books, but that sometimes aren't necessarily plot driven. And for me, a book that is, something that I can't put down is something that is super plot driven it might not be a character study it might not even be the best book i ever read <laughs> but it's something that I just have to know and just want to stick with and stick with so I that's why I think I had a little bit of trouble figuring out one but I I did have a list but these are ones that I read a little bit over a while ago and so please bear with me if <laughs> my, my memory is a bit fuzzy the one that I want to talk about is Laura Hankins. Happy and you know it. The reason I chose this one is I just randomly chose to pick up this book. I didn't know anything about it. I just thought the cover was interesting, and I was like, I'm just gonna, st- I just want to read a few pages. And oh my goodness, it grabbed me from the beginning. It's a book set in New York in the city about these women who are very privileged and have a mommy play group that they get together and have their kids come together and play, but it's all very carefully curated. And one of the mothers is an Instagram influencer. And so while the kids are playing, it is definitely not what happens when my kids play. It's very curated. There are photo opportunities. There's a lot of let's not get dirty, that type of thing. So they're looking for entertainment for this play group. And Claire is a musician who is kind of down on her luck and having some issues with money and she happens to get in contact with this play group and they hire her to be basically they hire her to come in and sing with the kids but there are i what i think about this novel is there are all these twists and turns i mean that is the what i just described is the center of what what the book is about but then with that are all these women you learn about all their like different lives the way that they interact with their spouses and just how they interact with their kids and it is very it is just so twisty I just did not see it coming so I I don't want to give any spoilers but I think that if you like I mean you have to be okay with reading about very privileged people and you know everybody has problems but these people are very privileged and they are very out of touch with reality in some ways. <laughs> but I I can see past that. And I just thought it was it was very compelling. I felt like I often didn't know where we were going. But then when we got there, I was I felt like it was a huge payoff. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a page turner. I almost read it in two sittings, which that's a lot to say, <laughs> say for me. I just really liked it. And I thought it was surprising and very well done and really smart. And I liked it a lot. So it is Laura Hankins, Happy and You Know It.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I read that one too. I really loved it. I still haven't read it. That one, I've been kind of out on thrillers lately. I will say, as always, I think they work better on audio. So I don't know the last time I picked up a print thriller.
0: And I really wouldn't I wouldn't call this one a thriller. It's more like it's it's suspenseful in a way, but it's also okay. I don't really know how to classify it. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's a mystery. There is something, but I think that as you read it, you don't really know what you're working toward. And it's just,
2: yeah, I don't really know how to classify it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I will have to try to pick that up soon. Do you think it would be good on audio? I think it would. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It's a fast read on print too, though. I just have to say, I have it pulled up on Amazon just to see the summary, just to remind myself of the names. And for some reason it says for the editors, the editors pick best nonfiction. That is not accurate and it is not
2: nonfiction. (laughs) So just if you look it up via audiobook it is not nonfiction. Ashley, what is a book that you could not stop reading?
1: So like Sarah, I found that there aren't a whole lot of books that I feel like I could not stop reading just because, as listeners know, we've had a lot happening in my family's life right now, and that has preoccupied a lot of my Thought. And so it's been hard to really, even when I'm really enjoying a book, it's been hard to really dig in. But there were several that came to mind that I just really wanted to know what was going to happen. And one that I wanted to share is Alyssa Cole's When No One Is Watching. This was my first book by Cole. I had been really wanting to read her work. I admire her because I think it's so cool that she writes in so many different genres. And I, so I knew a lot about her as an author, but was eager to. Read something by her. And this one is classified as a thriller. And but it is, it still has components that I believe are true in a lot of her books of good relationships. There's a romance component. Those things are happening as well as there being kind of this thriller component to this one. So I listened to this on audio thanks to Libro FM, And I think what is fascinating about this story is that you can tell that there is something going on in the Brooklyn neighborhood where Sydney, the main character, and later Theo, who we come to know, he's the other main character, there's something going on where they live and yet it's unclear what that is. And the signs of it are that people who seem like they're gonna be there forever are suddenly selling their homes, people are disappearing at night. So there there was an elderly man who they saw, it seemed like he was getting taken away during the night. And so there's all these unsettling things happening. And each thing that happens in isolation doesn't seem like a lot. But then as Sydney, who is interested in the well-being of the neighborhood, starts to put together the events, she realizes that something's going on. And early on, Sydney and Theo are at odds. So she is a black woman she has come to live with her mom come back home so she's dealing with that this is her childhood home she'd been away and now she's coming back and so she's kind of navigating that feeling of her life didn't play out the way she wanted it to and she wants to care for her mom but she also is reeling from the ways that her life changed and and didn't happen in the way that she hoped it would be and so she's working on that and then early on she has this impression that theo is amid the newly arrived white neighbors who are thoughtless and inconsiderate of the community and the culture. And she sees him as being part of that early on. And it makes a lot of assumptions about him. And he has a lot of assumptions about her. And so part of the unraveling of the story is them learning more things about each other, and that things are not always as they seem. And so I loved that. Like, I loved the way that Cole explores what we assume we know about other people, and the ways that that Is not always the reality that was really fascinating but as they get to working together so they they wind up in a situation where they're working together on some things related to the neighborhood and as that happens and he's helping her put together some historical information for the neighborhood they start to see this really sinister map of dots coming together that suggests that there's more than just people choosing to move out of the neighborhood happening. And the more that that happens, the more you get into the thriller realm. And so I loved all of that. I saw different reviews of this particular work, because I think some people went in thinking it was going to be a super plot-driven thriller, and it's not that. I mean, I, which for me is great, people who listen often know that I'm not a big plot thriller person, but a lot of it is building up relationships and characters, but then there is, as the story progresses this component of wanting to figure out what is happening and worrying for their well-being and, you know, rooting for them as they try to unpack what's going on. And I thought all of it was fantastic. I loved the way that things evolved between Sydney and Theo. I thought all of that was really interesting and worked really well. And then I also really loved what Cole shows about gentrification and the way that that can hit communities and the underbelly of who has power and how that power can be abused. And so I thought all of that was just really richly done. And it was definitely a book that I could not stop reading and also one that I think had a really powerful message aside from being um, a really great Thriller. So again, that's Alyssa Cole's When No One Is Watching. And I loved it. I think it's a great one for this category.
0: I want to read that one so bad. I have that one on my Libro FM account just sitting there. I really, really want
2: to read that. It sounds so good. (laughs) Cole is great. I just, I don't think I've read one of her books that I didn't love. And I think most of them are romance and then romance in different genres. But I think they always have that propulsive quality that just, yeah, makes you not want to stop reading at all.
1: So Jen, what about you? What's your recommendation for
2: a book that you could not stop reading? So I often have this problem, I guess, that I don't want to stop reading books, but I wanted to highlight. So I love fantasy and I love series books. And right at the beginning of summer, I dove into a really long fantasy book that's part of a series. It's Sarah J. Moss's A Court of Silver Flames. I'm going to tread carefully here because, as always, books and series, it's difficult to talk about them because spoilers abound. The reason I feel like I can talk about this one at all is because the previous books in this series focus on Feyre, and this one focuses on Feyre's sister Nesta. And so I can't really talk about the fantasy part of it too much because that is definitely going to be a spoiler. But basically, Nesta is, I think I I have problems with this term, but I'm going to use it because I think most people understand what it means. I would say Nesta is an unlikable character. She is really tough. She is really strong. She has been through a lot of things. And she has come out very prickly and very... Unwilling to smooth over relationships with people. She wants to be who she is. And she has made some decisions that have made the people who love her really worry about her. And she just does not care at all. She is not willing to give in to what they think is best for her at all. And eventually, her sister sort of puts her foot down and says, you need to start taking care of yourself and you need to start accepting help from people. And I'm trying to think about how to say this without a spoiler, but I'll just say, so Nesta is sort of forced into accepting help. She is very grumpy about having to accept the help. One of the things that Farah sets up for her is that she is going to train to learn how to fight. And so the book has these fantastic like training montages. I could totally hear like the Rocky soundtrack in the background. (laughs) It would be great on film. And there's also a romance with Cassian who also appears in the earlier books. So this one has fantasy, it has action, it has romance. You get these characters who you have learned as sort of secondary characters in the earlier books. Now we're shifting a focus to them, but you still have that sense of familiarity. Feyre and some of the other characters who have been the protagonists in earlier books appear in this one. And I think that works for me, no matter the genre. I love that sense of stepping into a world That seems familiar with people who I have come to know and love or not love, but I have a relationship with them. And so that's something for me that always means I can't stop reading because I want to continue to see their stories develop. This is a long book and I will say it had been a long time since I had read book three. This is book four in the series. And so I was dipping into book series recaps because that's the one negative about a series is if it's a long time between books being released, I'll forget plot points and things like that. But once I got those, you know, what happened at the end of the last book under my belt, I just dove in and it was as if... It hadn't been any time at all since the previous books in the series. I just love it. So that is Sarah J. Moss's A Court of Silver Flames, but also series in general. I know a lot of people prefer standalones, and I totally get that. But I also think if you want to have that sort of propulsive quality, a series is a great way to get that.
0: It's so funny because I hear so many people talking about Sarah J. Moss and I have never read any of her books.
2: Uh, Sarah, I think you would really like her. I think you'd like all the elements, all the different genres that she brings into her books. I think you would totally love.
0: Well, I like like what you were talking about staying in the same world, but getting to know about other characters. And I think that I would love that. It's just her her backlist is daunting. So I just, I think it's that I, when I look at her work, I just feel like I can't start it because I, because I don't know if I can get through it, but I definitely need to try one because I've heard from countless people that it would be a series. Her books would be books that I would really enjoy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And she does not write short books. And I will say in her other series, Throne of Glass, I thought it was going to be a trilogy as many YA fantasy books are. And I was nearing the end of book three and suddenly realized that she was not wrapping things up. (laughs) And I remember just thinking, oh, and I think there are seven books in that series. So yeah, I can totally see why they're daunting. I will also say, I think Throne of Glass is YA. I think it's mature YA. I do not think A Court of Thorns and Roses is YA, even though it's classified that way. So just be aware that they are super, super steamy. But yeah, I really love them. So
0: I think maybe that's why I haven't started why another YA fantasy series like that, like by authors that have this prolific work because I remember I read Cassandra Clare's, the immortal instruments. I started the series and I was like, it's going to be a trilogy and I'm in it for the trilogy. And then they became so popular. The, the, the first three books, it could have ended there, but then it went on to like book, but I think they were up to book seven, and I then I was waiting for books to come out, and then I just kind of fall out of it because I can't keep the world in my head long enough. So I think I've always I've just been leery to start
2: new fantasy series like that. Yeah, I get that completely. <laughs> but I think this is a good one to start. If you have to choose, I think this is a good one to start. So. Well, it sounds like there are plenty of books to get through before a new one might come out. <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. <laughs> It'll keep you busy. Okay, well, we would love to know what books you could not stop reading. Uh, you can head over to our social media at Unabridged Pod and let us know. To close out this episode, we are going to do our give me one and today's topic is go-to snack foods. So, Ashley, what is your go-to snack food?
1: Hmm, I should have thought a little more about this ahead of time. I love snacks, but I am like, what do I normally go to? One thing I learned from Sarah is that lightly salted almonds are delicious. So, that is a go-to snack food that I am currently missing. I love those. And I often have them on hand. And I do think I go to those pretty frequently. I also currently, this is like, not something I ever eat at home, but I am eating a large quantity of original flavor Pringles right now. So that is a Morocco snack food that is happening for me. Oh, that's interesting. That
2: was always my dad's fishing snack food. He would bring a tube of Pringles. So
0: (laughs) I never eat them at home. I'm not sure but. Yeah. Well, because I guess too, like to take in fishing, they don't get all scrunched up, mm-hmm. you know, because they're
2: in the tube. Yeah, they were very practical. That was always Good a preservation. Thing. Yep. And, they're, <laughs> and they don't get stale right away. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? What's a go to snack food?
0: I like almonds. That's my healthy snack choice. But I, if I could choose anything, it would be chips and guacamole. I love guacamole so much. I can eat it on vegetables. I can eat it on a burger. I can eat it on a lot of stuff, but my favorite is on a tortilla chip. Mm, Mm -hmm. So good. (laughs) What about you, Jen?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I will say that's probably my favorite. The one, so most often, pretty much every day, I have an apple and I like pretzel chips a lot. Pretzel chips are good. They're relatively filling, but I know that's not exciting, but I eat a lot of pretzel chips.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was – when I saw the descriptor, it's like, well, my go-to is maybe not my most favorite, but it's the one that I reach for often. Yeah. And with the almonds, I, I don't know if you find this to be true, Sarah, but I started buying the lightly salted ones, and I have – and inadvertently bought the ones that are the regular that aren't labeled mm, uh-huh. and they're not as salty
0: i know that is what i have noticed too and i then i get angry because I, then I'm, i should have just gotten the lightly salted i don't understand that
1: i do not understand but i have learned that that is definitely like the salted part that i want mm. so i i mean here i can get plain almonds and like i mean i will eat them and I, I eat them and stuff but i don't crave them but i like those lightly salted ones but i have accidentally bought the Regular salted ones before, and they're not as salty. So, that probably means there's some processing happening that I don't want to know about (laughs) that makes the the lightly salted ones taste better, but they are my preference for sure.
2: (laughs) Well, you can let us know about your go to snack foods on Monday. We will have a post at Unabridged Pod, and you can share your go to snack food, and we'll let you say either your favorite. Or just the one that you most often eat. So I also want to remind you from the beginning of the episode, if you would rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, we would so appreciate it. That would help us a lot. Thanks so much for listening. Do you
0: have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You
1: can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Underbridge Pod, or on the web at underbridgepod.com for a list of ways to support us.
2: We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.